We had a very extra long service this morning, and I apologize for that. Um, and I will try to be like Elizabeth Taylor and, and say what she said to her husband. I will not keep you long. I will not keep you long. All right. Can you come and read for us? Soren, one of our youth kids, is going to come and read scripture for us, and then we're going to go into the word together. Okay, so I'm reading 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 31. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, into the body just as he pleased. And if we were all one member, where would the body be? And now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you, nor again the head to the feet, if I have no, or I have no need for you. No much, rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable. On these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should be or, wait, but that the members should be have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and the members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Or do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. Lord, thank you for your word. May it speak to our hearts. And may our hearts be the soil that is ready to hear your word. Thank you for your goodness to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, young man. You did a good job. So I called Soren last night. I'm like, Soren, can you read this morning? And he was gracious. Say, yes, I would. So, so grateful for that. So this morning, Broadway, we're going to be talking about belonging to one another. Um, and I would say from the onset that as I was singing, I was reminded quickly by my jaw that you should not be talking too much because you're going to be preaching later or else you'll be mumbling through the whole sermon. Some of you know that I had, um, I had an extraction last week, which was horrible. <laughs> and so my joy is still a little bit horrible. So I was reminded I was trying to sing loud and like my job, like, hold it down, buddy, hold it down. So I'm going to try and go as fast as possible, but also speak as clearly as possible. So I want us to look at belonging to one another. The church is 
that we are given examples of. We've given examples of churches in Acts. We're given examples of churches in the New Testament where the apostles write letters to. And then we're given examples at the end of the Bible of um, with churches, the seven churches of uh, the book of Revelation. Am I right? So there's a lot of examples of churches, of what the church looks like. And the church is a place where we belong to one another. The churches of Revelation, for example, for me, always remind me that we are just a lampstand and Christ is the light on it. And it reminds me again that if he were to be lifted up, he would draw many to himself. So our job as a light stand is to lift him up. And when he's lifted up, he will draw many to himself. The essence of a church is not... When we read those, those churches, those seven churches, we see that the essence of the church is not its programs. It's not how well constituted it is. It's not the beautiful building we have. Some churches in Africa where I come from, they meet under a tree. And that's a church. That's the church of God. The church is not the building, it's the people. So the answers of the church is not the big numbers, not the small numbers. The issue is that is their spiritual life in the church. And Jesus in those, in those books, in those letters to those churches continues to say that, but this I have against you. Fix that. And all those things that he calls them to fix pertain to the life of the church pertain to the fact that the church is alive spiritually and today i want to speak to us about we belong together sometimes we 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 think well because we have the good talk we have a great reputation like one of the churches in that in those churches had the great reputation but jesus says to them you are dead And I want us to, 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 to let that sober us. Sometimes we talk a lot. Sometimes we talk big. But I want us to realize, are we really the church that God has called us to be? The church is called to be one. The body of Christ has to fit together for it to be in use. An arm on its own is useless without anything else. So is the head on its own. So is the foot on its own. So we need the body to be together so that the body can do what it's called to do. So what are some of the vital signs to show that there is life in a body? I want you to look at the book of Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians, we hear the Ephesians chapter 4 speaks about the whole um, fivefold ministries and gifts and all those things. But in the beginning, the first two verses of that says, I, Paul, therefore, therefore a prisoner of Christ, beseech you to walk a walk that is worthy of your calling. What is that? That you walk with all loneliness and gentleness and long suffering, bearing with one another in what? In love. All right, so then he puts that there, and then he goes on to speak about the fivefold ministries. He speaks about how the church lives together. Then he goes on in chapter 5, the first verse, he says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, walk in love. Then if you look at 1 Corinthians 12 that we just read, it speaks of, uh, of the spiritual gifts, it speaks of the body, and then 1 Corinthians 13, the whole chapter is about love. Then the next chapter is about the gifts and living together again. 
So what do we see here? A pattern that love is at the center of the life of the church. We see that pattern. Whether there is gifts or whatever, Paul says, even if I have all the gifts and speak in all tongues and all things and know all things, but if I have love, I am nothing. I'm just a gong that is making noise. So love, I want us not to forget this. As we walk through one another's together this summer, the foundation of the one another's is the foundation of love, which we're going to speak about next week. So I'm trying to just lay a foundation here. And then again, if you look at it in Romans 12, when Paul speaks about the body, he says, so in Christ we are many, but each member belongs to all the others. And Paul goes again and says, in that very same way, we belong to one another as members of the body of Christ. This finger belongs to the whole. It does not stand on its own. Yes, it's individual. It's different, but it belongs to the whole. So God has called us as a body to have many parts, but those many parts belong to each other. The effectiveness of our frame as a body is directly linked to how we are linked to the head who is Christ. We should never forget that. The head is Christ. And the same thing with our bodies, where our mind, where our um, nervous system and everything joins together comes from the head. Am I right? The head makes the hand move, tells the hand when to move. The head tells the foot when to kick. If we didn't have the brain to tell us what to do, our body would be a lamp. As you are listening to me, some of you, are, most all of you actually, are blinking automatically because the brain tells your your eyes blink so that you create water so that there will be moisture in the eyes so what i'm saying to us is that the head if it's not joined to the body the body is useless so the essence how our effectiveness as a church is going to be on that yes we can be a body but without christ as the head this body is useless I want us to look at a few words. I've got seven words that I want us to look at, and I think I can finish them quickly. Word number one is unity. And I use that picture of unity of people holding to each other, not just touching each other, but holding to each other. And we are called here, if you read it, if you read in, in First Corinthians where we read, it says all the members of that one body being many are one body. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Unity. The body does not live in isolation. No part of the body lives in isolation and continues to live. It's like a fire. If you've got a fire and the wood together, if you take out one, it might burn for some time, but it won't last. So the same thing with the body. If you take out this finger and cut it off and put it there, It might look fresh maybe for the first day. It will start rotting. Same thing as the body. If there is no life in it, it might look fresh the first few days because we know we've seen that when we look at funeral homes, we color it up and make it look alive. But in reality, if we leave it there over and over, it will start to stink. 
Why? Because there is no life in it. And so I want to encourage us that we remember that we are to be united and to be one so that we can have life in us. When the body is not united, it cannot perform what God wants the body to perform. As much as when, when my hand is not united with my, my, I need to find out which is my left, which is my right. My left hand is not united with my right hand in a way, it's, it's impossible for my body to work well. I need that unity so that I may be able to do what I'm called to do. The second world is multiple, many. It says we are one body and many members. We are many bits and pieces, just like a human body. Multiple pieces. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12, it says, For the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body being many are one body also is Christ. The difference in our bodies, as many as we are, we are so tempted to lean towards inferiority or we lean towards superiority. Where we feel inferior because of the legal, we think it's a legal gift we have. And the other one feels superior because they've got a speaking gift like Sims. And that's not so. And I used an example here of puzzle pieces, so many of them, but they are useless as individuals. They make the picture when they all come together. If there is one that is missing, the picture is not complete. That's exactly what we are as the church and the body of Christ. So there is no small piece that is useless. There is no small piece that's inferior to the big piece. All the pieces are the same. They might be different and many, but they are all useful to bring out the picture. My wife and kids love doing puzzles. I hate puzzles <laughs> because I don't have patience for them. And it will take them days, and they've laid it on the dining room table. It takes them days to fix it. My daughter is starting to be very quick in this. And there was a time where they had one which they could not find one small piece, the smallest piece. And because it had fallen, I don't know if it had fallen and it had been taken in by the vacuum cleaner or, or it, I don't remember what happened, but they found it when they found like, yes, then we can put the last piece. And I remember that this is what I want to do next time. When they do this, I'll take one and hide it. <laughs> and let them set the whole thing up. Then I'll come as the champion and put the last piece. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so what I'm saying to us is that we are so many, but in such so many of us, we are all useful. There is none of us who is not useful. The next one helps as well with thinking about that. Diversity. We are different. We are one body with so many different things. In the Bible, actually, in the book that we read, it says... We are one body with many members, whether Jews or Greek or slaves or free. And then it goes on to speak about if the whole body was an eye. Imagine if we were a bulb of an eye. Each one of you was a bulb of an eye and we're bulbs of eyes sitting here. How would we get out of here? Roll out? How would I be talking? Blinking? I want us to think about that. God created the body with, with this picture. And this picture he uses to show us how the church should work. Meaning that different parts 
do different work and all of them complete the puzzle. The body, in normal, we know that the body has got all these body parts, but also they are born together by the common DNA code. Am I right? So that is us. We are born together by the common glue, which is Jesus Christ. But all the other parts, every different part, every different gift is important for the body to function. Whatever the gift is that is given to you, whether it looks small or insignificant, it is given for the well-being of the body. Whatever gift you have, whether it's huge and bigger than life, it is not an opportunity to boast. It's not given for you to become the superstar. It is given for the full enjoyment and growth and benefit of the body. None of them are given for display. And none of them are given for hiding. We can't hide them like the, the other guy with the talents. We need to use them. And whether they look small, use them. Because they're important for the part of the body. Number four is fellowship. Thanks, Tanya, for working with me in this. You do a great job. Fellowship. And again, I use the holding hands. The word fellowship comes from the Greek word kononia which means partnership, which means participation, which means communication, which also means communion together, which means distribution and fellowship, but also it means joint participation. Every part of the body is called to be in joint participation. No isolation. I want to encourage you, Broadway, to say no to the desire to be isolated. That's the enemy's scheme. That's what he wants to do, conquer and divide. I've used this example before, and I'll use it again. That in, in, if you're looking at animals, the buffaloes, they come together when a lion is attacking, and that keeps them safe. The wildebeest, they run apart when the lion attacks. That makes them very easy targets. So the lion has to think twice before they attack buffaloes. But they don't need to think twice before they attack wildebeest. So can we be buffaloes and run together and be together? The wildebeest run together when they are running for nothing. They love running. They run together and do all silly things. But when danger comes, it's each man for himself and God for us all. But when the buffaloes, although they run together and keep together, when danger comes, they come back together. And they fight together. Sometimes fighting together for us as a church would mean seeing somebody walk in here and sitting on their own and moving close to them and saying, hello, how are you? It's the first time I see you here. Or it's someone that you've seen over and over again. Hello, how are you? How has the weekend been? That's what we are called to do. Those are simple little things, but those are things that bring us to fellowship. With one another. They're simple things, but they're important things. Number five is divine arrangement. There is a divine order here. When we look at the body, it says here in, in Corinthians, but now God has set its members, each of them in the body, just as he has pleased. And I put a musical note, which I think Dana would appreciate. You know, there's an arrangement. And the arrangement, each time an arrangement might be different. The, all arrangements of different songs are different. They're not all the same. 
And how, the, how is that different? How is Beethoven's arrangements all different? He chose systematically where to put each knot in each one of them. And there's a reason for that. That's why when, when, when you play Beethoven, you feel like, oh, this is beautiful. It's because of the arrangement. God has arranged the body and put each piece purposely in its place. He did not put the finger on the top of my head. Purposely. If there was no committee to sit down and think, what should we do if we had a committee here and say, let's form a committee and see how can we better shape the human. We might have a lot of 20 different questions and 20 different, and we will not come up with anything. Because somebody will say, well, maybe we should take one eye and put it in the back so they can see in the back. But they don't realize that the reason why we have two eyes is for the scope and for the view as well, which is totally different. God had a purpose and a plan for putting each and every part of the body where it is. So it is with us as a church. God has a purpose and a plan. He divinely ordered us. Number six, identity. I'm sorry, I know I'm rushing. Please bear with me. Number six is identity. And I used, I used the zebras. It's not zebra, it is zebra. Americans, you can't name them, you don't have them. <laughs> they are African and they are zebras, not zebras. Hey, Joe, <laughs> didn't see you. <laughs> so, and again, identity is that they look the same when you look at them, but their stripes are different. Each one of them has got an identif- a specific identity in their stripes. Before, scientists thought, oh, they are all the same, until they studied them and realized that each and every one of them is different. That's the church too. We are different, but we are uniform in our look as the body of Christ. We identify with one another, but we are also individuals. And God has called those to work together in a way. And I want us to see here that it says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And one thing that I want to say here is that we cannot actually find ourselves by ourselves. We find ourselves by having others around us. In the African sense, in South Africa, we say Ubuntu. Umuntu ngumuntu ngabantu, meaning a person... I am because you are. You are because I am. Our lives become better because we are together. We connect with one another. And so that's the same thing here. Yes, we are individuals, but we are called collectively to connect with one another. Number seven. Actually, finishing up on number six. In the context of that, I want you to realize that as these, let's go back, sorry. As these buffaloes have these stripes. (laughs) Thank you, Alex. (laughs) As these zebras, again, zebras have these stripes, not buffaloes. Sorry, thank you, Alex. These stripes look the same from a distance. But as you get to closer, you see that they're different. In our walk with Christ, that's why people from a distance should see us 
and smell and taste Christ for all of us. Yes, they will meet the individuality of us when they get close to us. But when they look at us, there should be an identity of being together and knitted together with Christ. Paul says, I pray that you'll be of the same mind with Christ. We should taste like Jesus. And then our individuality will come out as people come closer to us. Then they know, oh yeah, Bill loves to laugh about this. But as they look at Bill, they should see the embodiment of what the body of Christ looks like. As much as when they see Mary Ann, they should see a similarity that there is Christ in common. Number seven, responsibility. It says the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you and so on and so on. And I use here the picture of an orchestra. And it sits up and not all the instruments are played at the same, in the same amount of time in all the songs. In some of the arrangements, some instruments are played less. In some of the arrangements, some instruments that were played less are played more. But there is a variety. But each and every one of them has a responsibility. Just like in our families at home, my son's responsibility is to empty the dishwasher. My daughter's responsibility is to load the dishwasher. My responsibility is to put the soap and press the buttons. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) But what I'm saying to you is that we have all responsibilities. We have responded, and God has called us and given us gifts so that we may exercise them in the church. Any and your team, you can come up. We can exercise them in the church and exercise our callings and our responsibilities. There is no piece or part of the body that does not have a responsibility. We are all responsible for the body to work together. And as we gather together, because we are all responsible, I want you to realize we do not gather just to receive, but we gather to give to one another. We gather to contribute to one another. One of the major reasons each one of us are here today is so that the brother in front of me, the sister behind me, the one next to me would be encouraged by my gift, by my prayer, by my encouragement of my saying hello to them in so many different ways. And then I want to end with this. And then Paul says at the end of that, that chapter 12, he says, desire the best gift. Which one is the best gift? He says, and yet, somebody got it. And yet I will show you the more excellent way. And where is the more excellent way in First Corinthians chapter 13? Love is the most excellent way. For us to be a community or a family of uncommon unity like what we're going to be doing this summer, it should be we are bound together by the love of Jesus. So different people that it would be weird to ask, why would, why would Alex hang out with Sims? They are so different people. But it's because of the love of Jesus. And so I want to encourage us, church, 
that as we come together, we have these things that God has given us and none of, none of us, none of us is less than the other. We are all equally important to make this puzzle to be the picture and the image of his son. Let us worship together.